Welcome to the Kupinger Call Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm Lead Advisor and Senior Analyst with Kupinger Call Analysts. My guest today is Paul Fischer, hailing from London. Hi, Paul. Good to see you. Hello, Matthias. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? We're getting close to the end of the year, right? Well, yeah. Before that, we have Christmas, though. So that's uh, right. the holiday season, as we should call it. Yeah. Exactly. And as this is actually the, the final episode for this year, we want to do a somewhat different episode for this one. We want to do a, a retrospective on 2021. We want to avoid the word pandemic or Corona. So once having them said once, we ignore them as of now, hopefully. Um, if you look back at, at um, 2021 and as an analyst doing lots of research for Cooping Echo, what are the most important memories, the most important facts that you remember for this year? Um, well, you, you said don't mention the pandemic. Sorry for that. So I'll mention something that kind of benefited from the pandemic, which was uh, ransomware. Um, and, uh, and, and cybercrime in general, I think, uh, did benefit from the fact that, um, we continue to, to work at home and we continue to work remotely and, uh, uh, businesses, organizations found themselves vulnerable just as much to, uh, and even more to things like ransomware. Um, and I think you, I, if there was one constant throughout the year, if there was one word that kept coming up, it was probably ransomware. Um, we, we, we obviously had a workshop at uh, EIC. Um, we've done webinars on it. And, um, you know, even our rival um, analyst firms have, have been talking about it as well. I mean, the thing is, there seems to be two, two issues that have come out of this epidemic um, of ransomware, if I could use that phrase. Um, one is, do you pay the ransom or, or don't? Um, and the, the, the official advice normally tends to be, you should not pay the ransom because that only encourages the attackers. Um, and quite often, and there is, there is documentary evidence for this that, um, companies that have already been hit once by ransomware and paid the ransom get hit again. Um, a bit like when your house or a house is, is burgled, um, quite often, sadly, the house will be burgled again, um, quite soon afterwards because the, 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 the criminals know that there, there is a fairly easy way in. Um, however, having said that the official advice is don't pay the ransom, we know that also in the real world that many businesses, um, will pay the ransom um, because they want to get back in business as quickly as possible. Um, and the problem with that is, though, that now these attackers have become even more aggressive and and also quite uh, malicious in that even if some companies pay the ransom, they don't even unlock the data and files, et cetera, that they've, they've uh, bricked up. So it's a horrible, horrible business. And it's, it, you know, it, there is no clear cut or easy answers. I mean, our official advice would still be, I think, um, do not pay the ransom. However, um, 
the the best advice is, is to improve your defense uh, and think about things like privilege access management identity and access management um identity governance all the things that we we talk about all the time um and while traditional defenses such as firewalls etc anti malware can do so much um the fact that privilege accounts are targeted by ransomware distributors um shows that they they know how to get into a business and how to uh, target those channels which lead to the essential data that the business needs so our my official advice would be uh, do not pay the ransom um but that's easy for me to say uh and but i would also say think about how you can improve your identity and access management posture and policies and technology uh, to at least make it much harder for ransomware attackers to succeed um so blocking off those lateral channels that uh, that they use to go across the network um and don't just rely on your firewalls um and anti malware systems obviously the, those are important they still catch 99% of of uh, viruses etc so um i'm not sure what the latest on ransomware is uh, but i'm sure uh although we weren't going to talk about the pandemic uh but given that we now seem to be in the you know globally at least well in at least in europe and united states that uh, we now seem to be affected by another wave um then a Sadly, I think ransomware will continue to be a big problem into 2022. And and just one um, last point on that um, is that the attackers have also become smarter and more sophisticated in their delivery systems. So even then, we tell our people, don't click on this link, be careful of these emails, etc. They're now um, using fileless uh, payload systems, so you don't even know uh, that a dodgy email contains um, uh, malware, etc. So stopping them is becoming harder um, by traditional methods. Right, but on the other hand, we have seen we have seen also um, um, real in improvements in the in the cybersecurity industry focusing on ransomware and on endpoint protection in general. I think that is something that is the the other side of the coin to say, okay, we really see solutions that are really dealing with that. And of course, this is driven by this development by this even professional um, business model that these ransomware attackers um, follow. Um, but but nevertheless, it's it's still a, a cat and mouse game between protecting and and actually doing the attack. Uh, but but we've seen also an improvement around the technical solutions, but also the organizational solutions. That is processes. That is internal training, awareness trainings for the for the staff, etc. So uh, it's really getting better there as well. But it's by far not yet a solved problem. Yeah, and awareness training is can only take you so far because human beings tend to forget awareness training um, or, or they don't even listen in the first place. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's but, – but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it. Uh, but don't rely on it. That's what I would say. Right. It's, um, it's one part of the just tell, Yeah, exactly. You can't just say to people, oh, don't do this, don't do that, uh, and then not do anything to prevent them 
or preventing that to happen in the first place. So right. the, 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 the other, uh, I think curious thing is ransomware as a service. So, um, bit like in the past where, you know, there's, there is criminal gangs and state sponsored actors and all, all those that do m majority of attacks. Uh, but now, um, people are sort of in their bedrooms or wherever being able to do ransomware, um, by piggybacking onto, um, you know, the, the, the attacks by major criminals. Uh, so that makes the problem even worse. So, you know, you can get a ransomware kit, you can download it, uh, and, um, go and block your, your local pharmacy. Exactly. So it's real. it's really a, a business model and, and be much too easy, too convenient to get there. So, um, that, that, and, and it is also a sign of the times. If we look back on this year and the first thing that comes to our mind is it's a threat is something that endangers mm -hmm. us and where we need to be protected from. Um, any, any, anything that is on a more happier side when you'll think back of, um, 2021. Yes. Uh, there is a, uh, there is stuff to be positive about. And I think, um, one of those things is dream um which is our new acronym for a paradigm um which is obviously about protecting networks but it's also about uh taking or or getting business advantage from um cloud infrastructure so for for those that haven't uh, seen it yet uh, dream stands for uh, dynamic resource entitlement and access management. I believe that's correct, Matthias. Uh, yes. So make sure, make sure I've got the, Would agree. <laughs> the official, uh, uh, term there. Um, but dream is really an extension of what we've seen from, uh, cloud infrastructure and, and entitlement management, but we've, uh, taken it further, um, into a way of, um, managing and uh, controlling access to hybrid and multi-hybrid architectures, which are now uh, proliferating, um, where we have, for example, an organization uh, which still has data centers, private data centers that have stuff on premises, but they'll also be using um, AWS or Oracle or Google or any, any one of the uh, cloud service providers um and also they may have private clouds um within their organization uh, on top of that they also now have um uh, clusters of devops uh, and devops pods and they might also have other departments which are setting up their own or buying their own cloud uh, provision of aws or, or or microsoft so that that creates uh, uh, what I've I've been talking about, which is the ever expanding IT universe, um, which is based on <laughs> the uh, the theory of the actual universe, uh, which started off with the, the Big Bang and, and has expanded ever since, and is hugely complex and uh, and in some parts unstable, and and I think that even the smallest organization may start off with a, uh, a fairly, you know, manageable, um, infrastructure, 
but by its very nature, the growth of a business um, will always add to that infrastructure. Uh, as soon as you start doing stuff, um, you know, even the first email you send adds complexity to your infrastructure. Um, so if you looked at the infrastructure of a large business, so, you know, a major uh, pharmaceutical company or a major automotive company, and uh, you took that infrastructure, we, 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 t we tend to often um, picture infrastructures in sort of straight lines with little squares and circles and things uh, and very linear. Um, but I think it, the reality is, it's, is, is much more three dimensional, um, much more, uh, complex, uh, and chaotic. Um, and lines are just going everywhere, new constellations of, um, data and uh, servers will appear. And that is why we've come up with dream. Um, because whilst you can't possibly, you can't, technically control the expanding infrastructure, you can control identity and access management to that. Um, so we've been looking at ways of, of um, sort of assessing products for Dream. And in 2022, looking ahead, uh, the first leadership compass on uh, Dream will appear, um, which has been written by me, funnily enough. Um, and um, that will include what we call PAN for DevOps, um, but it also include um, the sort of existing CIEM vendors, or at least some of them. Um, and also um, we will be looking at uh, access to uh, or rather certificate-based access to things like DevOps itself. Um, so that's something to look out for. Dream was was uh, first unveiled at the EIC uh, in September this year. Um, but I, what I, the point I'm trying to make is that we need to stop thinking, well, I think we need to stop thinking about infrastructures um, that we can control uh, and accept rather like, you know, um, we, we accept that attacks will happen on our business. So now we need to accept that the infrastructure of our business, the IT infrastructure is going to be chaotic and it's going to be inevitably bigger by the day. Um, but we can still manage that. I think if we can manage the access. And if we manage that, we also can help prevent things like ransomware getting through to stuff. Because why ransomware it succeeds is because the, the malware goes off and is hidden, and then it attacks some part of the, of the infrastructure that uh, we don't know about, or the, the security people don't know about. And that, that's what causes the problems. Um, so that's meant to be a positive thing. And I think it is a positive thing. Um, and I think that the work that we're doing on um, 
realigning uh, how we talk about infrastructure and how we talk about organizations uh is 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 valuable and and i think that you know you yourself you're you're doing some work on identity fabric um which is another um one of our philosophies so i think we're we are probably alone amongst some of the analyst community um are, are thinking about this restructuring and rethinking about the way that we we look at it architecture and infrastructure absolutely i think we need to deal with complexity we need to deal with with um, volatility of this infrastructure it is changing we have to deal with that and the the concepts that that you've mentioned so dream as one core component but also the management of infrastructure the the applying policy-based creation and maintenance of infrastructure over time to make sure that we understand every part of the infrastructure, be it there for a long time or be it there only for a short amount of time. Um, that is really um, important to get a, a grip on these changing architectures. We, we see this kind of cloudification um, in various aspects. And of course, we are happy to say, hey, the system uh, needs more performance. So let's just spawn two or more instances of the same um, software solutions so that it scales up. Um, but once we do that, we need to understand that there are, again, identities in there, there is data to, to be protected in there, there needs to be cybersecurity infrastructure around these added containers, and all of this needs to be dealt with as adequately as we deal with the performance issue. So uh, the concept that we're talking about and that you've mentioned that you're covering in the leadership compass, then um, this is this is the other the, the, the comp, uh, complementary part to what we need when we implement the new kinds of business processes and the new scalability for this for this changing digital economy. Um, and so we need to be capable of achieving that. And this leadership compass and the concept that you mentioned yeah. are really important building blocks to getting there. Absolutely. And, and what happens is when we get these, like you say, people just spin up another cloud or they spin up another virtual machine, but they don't spin them down again. Um, so that becomes another part of this universe, uh, which, if it's not known about, is is very useful to attackers and so on. Um, so it it, always, it still comes back to access, and I think, and um, identity. And we've been talking a lot about, obviously, machine identities as well. Uh, it's not just human identities um, and how they fit into the identity fabric. Um, so you know we that's something that we've been having discussions about as you know uh, internally um so yeah um the other thing was i wanted to say was uh that we also from the discussions that i've been having with some some vendors and, and clients is that we shouldn't just think that cloud is the future for everything um and that cloud is somehow better than uh, on-premises or data uh, data centers or even um, mainframes, et cetera, um, because there are reasons why companies still prefer to have data in at the center of their universe uh, rather than somewhere they, out there, as it were. Um, and they like the fact that it's their data center, that they control it, um, and so that's why we get this hybrid infrastructure 
situation. Uh, so they'll use cloud, but they won't put all their eggs in one basket. They won't decide to, you know, well, we'll, we'll put everything in AWS. We'll put it all in Google, et cetera. So, um, and then again, there are companies that will do that. There, there are businesses, as you know, that are totally cloud native, totally fine in running the whole thing off one cloud provider. I think I know less this this time this year than I did last year. And, and let me um, qualify that. Uh, that's actually a good thing uh, because I, I realize that there is so much more that we need to know about modern IT. Um, and there's so much more that we need to do to manage identity, to improve security. And I think we're, we're just starting to sort of get there. And, uh, and I, I really love being sort of at the center of this, uh, because, uh, you know, one of the great things that happened this year was having the EIC conference, um, actually take place and live. And it, that was a highlight, definitely a highlight of my year, professionally anyway, was um, to go to Munich, see my colleagues, but also enjoy not just the the sessions that I was involved in, but just to meet the vendors, talk about where things are, um, and just basically uh, do what we used to take for granted, which, which was just sort of go to conferences. Uh, so that was that was that was great. Um, don't know about you. I don't know what. You, yeah, fully agree. I yeah, absolutely. We 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 actually had two hybrid events. So hybrid means there was some live part to it. So we we had the EIC in September and we had the uh, Cybersecurity Leadership Summit in Berlin in in November. And I was happy enough to join both of those. Um, just before numbers were rising again. Um, but nevertheless, we are also looking forward to 2022 and then having EIC again um, at the usual uh, date uh, date in the year. So it will be in May again, and we plan to have it as hybrid as possible. We will do it for the first time in Berlin at Berlin Alexanderplatz. So that would will be a nice venue, a change to the tone and to the atmosphere. But everything that you've mentioned, meeting the right people, having this kind of of, of, of class reunion of all these identity people being them at vendors, at customers, at analysts, at consulting companies, that I'm really looking forward to just getting in touch with those people again. And it was a pleasure to, to mm. meeting you in Munich and to meeting all these people um, um, again, in some kind of, of normality. Um, yeah. We hope we can yeah. get back to and, that and, in May. And even though it was hybrid and uh, probably maybe there weren't as many people there live and traditionally, uh, I was actually surprised how many people there were there. Uh, and there was a great atmosphere. I mean, it felt, it felt like a, a, you know, a conference. It felt like people sharing ideas and listening to, you know, some, some great presentations. So yeah, I can't, I'm really look, uh, looking forward to Berlin. Um, nice to go to Berlin as well for uh change of scene. Uh, so, so that, that was my highlight. Um, but actually we also adapted very, very well to, to, to this, this working from home, um, um, time of, of, and, and just doing mm. these KC live events, um, which, which are, Different format are, are fully digital, are, are, are shorter, are focused on one day, half a day. I think that also make, made very much sense for our, our, our 
customers, for our vendors that we deal with. And it yeah. also has a, a, a different tone to it. So I think we will continue that with that anyway. Um, but, but moving more closely to also this, this, this hybrid, um, kind of events, this is, will really also be the touch point where we can really talk to people apart from doing advisory or research. Yeah. And I think we should give a big shout out to, uh, technical team at KC Live and EIC. I mean, I think um, they do a wonderful job of producing our, our events. Um, and, all right, I'm biased, but I, I, I think that our hybrid events are better than anyone else's uh, in, a, in the way that we manage to mix, uh, you know, at someone actually presenting and also having people live so it's as close to um watching a live presentation as we can get and and i have to say that some of the efforts by some people in the shall we say the vendor community uh really uh were not good um and i'm i'm pleased that we we managed to do hybrid or even not not even hybrid events but just purely digital events, but all, but still allowed great integration with the attendees um, and interaction, so that there was proper Q and A after. Um, which also um, another highlight, I think, has been the um, the increased popularity of our webinars. Um, you know, we we've done I don't know how many webinars we've done this year, but it's a lot and. And the ones that I've done, we've we've had um, very good attendance, but we've also had, you know, uh, registration in the hundreds, um, which shows that people there is a thirst out there for for knowledge and a thirst for guidance and advice on on everything that's happening. So um, that that was also um, a highlight for me was the interaction. Um, on on webinars and also working um with the vendors on those who who obviously contributed to, to them so um yeah but but as a summary for this year i think that is really a good starting point really giving a shout out to to our events team who make sure that these webinars can take place and that these are as structured as you said and that they also really benefit the the the, the participants though that it's not just talking about products, it's really learning something, getting the message across, understanding trends and, and, and really assessing trends on the one hand. A shout out also to the teams that, that created these, these virtual events and the hybrid events, especially, uh, and make them work. And also to our technical partners who did the, the, the camera work, the, the, all, all the directing work, uh, on site mm. and uh, online. I think that is really something that we can take as a as a final note for looking back on 2021. And as this will continue with the same team, the same people, um, maybe at even a larger scale when we look at Berlin, uh, I think that is something to to be yeah. proud of for the last year and to look forward to uh, for the next year. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think research and events work very well together. But before we get to um, to uh, uh, meta, I don't know if that's the right word. Um, then um, maybe just a quick run. Uh, some other things that I think have been constants throughout the year: uh, zero trust. Uh, I think is having a 
uh, almost like a you know it's a, it's a ten year old sort of theory philosophy, uh, but I think it's uh, been developed um, beyond the original concepts, and I think it's having uh, you know a second wind now uh, as more organisations become interested, and it also works very well with our with our concepts of dream etc. Um, if uh, privilege access management uh, that I that's my sort of special area uh but that again as we go into 2022 is a, is a is a sector that is still um throwing up surprises it's throwing up new vendors and it's still um very competitive and it's great to see that the vendors are also kind of uh in line already with with some of the dream uh infrastructure ideas that we have um and finally i have uh saw security orchestration automation and response um which is um about automation we haven't really we haven't spoken about automation but automation again is is a theme that's come up 2021 and will undoubtedly uh continue through next year and and beyond uh because the more that we can automate um uh, successfully, uh, that is automate successfully. Uh, there's no point automating things if, if they don't do it correctly. But, um, the more automated, the less that humans have to do, um, the better for, for us all. So, uh, we'll, we'll be talking a lot more about that. And, and finally, API security, um, which is something that our colleague Alexei, uh, uh, Malakansky has been looking at, and I think that again is moving from a kind of a specialist area into a more mainstream area um, as we become more dependent on APIs, not just uh, for actual business functionality and processes, but also for the security and identity processes themselves. So I've run out of ideas now, Matthias. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but if, as you've mentioned, automation, uh, that is, of course, also included in the stream paradigm, because um, yeah. if you have a volatile infrastructure, if you have volatile identities, this is nothing that you want to manage manually, and that this is nothing that you can, can manage manually. Mm. So this is really something where automation, policy-based automation, and maybe even policy-based um, access decisions at runtime without having to have provisions and automation at that part. This is something where this is of utmost importance. Yeah, we didn't talk about much about policy, but policy management obviously is hugely uh, important part of all this. Um, without policies right. to begin with, you, you you can't really do much. So, um, yeah, good good for for remembering that one. Right, absolutely. And so, so, um, having identified some of the most important topics from, from, for, for the, for the last year and keeping up to date with the changes and the trends and challenges within the business for the upcoming years, I think you've mentioned many of the topics that there are more in the individual areas that, uh, our analyst colleagues are dealing with as well. Um, but, but I'm happy that we will be, um, f covering the, the important topics over time through our events, through our research, and hopefully also in our advisory work that we're dealing with, um, with our, um, with other, our end user mm -hmm. organization, um, and, and customers. So to, to close it down for this retrospective of this year, um, 
it was really great to talk to you, Paul, about what happened in the last year, even under these restricted circumstances that we have um, and, and, and having a hopefully more positive outlook on 2022 and, and hopefully seeing all of you, most of you virtually or in person in Berlin. Any final words for, from, from your side, Paul, to, to, to talk about 2021 uh, and the outlook? Uh, well, the outlook, I, I like to be uh, an optimist. Um, um, so I, I like to think that uh, things will get better in every way, um, that this dreadful pandemic will finally end, or at least we'll, we'll, we'll find a way of working around it. Um, but I'm also optimistic about where everything is going technology-wise. Uh, and I think, uh, uh, you know, I think it's, Well, uh, you know, technology is always exciting, but I think it, it can, our area is probably uh, the most exciting it's been for a long time. So um, I'm looking forward to more research next year, uh, you know, working with more vendors, new vendors. Uh, that's the other thing that we, we, we're seeing. The number of vendors that we work with and the type of vendors we work with ha has changed, uh, which is great. And... Um, Yeah, I think I think 2022 will be a, a good year um, for all sorts of reasons. There's a World Cup in 2022 as well, so right. let's not forget that. Thank you very much, Paul, yeah. for giving that positive outlook on 2022, uh, for being my guest today, for being a, a regular guest on this podcast, uh, which is highly appreciated, mm -hmm. and looking forward to doing more episodes together with you next year. This podcast will continue after a short break for the Christmas and the New Year's uh, time. And, and then we will be back in early January with a new episode of this podcast. So thank you very much, Paul, for being my guest today. Well, thank you, Matthias, and um, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and bye-bye.